0: You are listening to the Calvary Church Podcast, where each episode features a life-transforming message that was previously recorded in one of our services. And now, let's join a service that's already in progress.
1: Can I get a Who Day in the house? <laughs> yeah. We're just going to go crazy because Pastor Tom isn't here tonight. But I'll invite you to stand with me. We have our first quiz tournament of the season on Saturday. The seniors go to Heath to compete, and we decided we are representing the home team, and we're just going all out. We're wearing bangles. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing, yeah, Um, because we usually coordinate anyway, and I'm like, I got an idea. We're the only quiz team whose team is in the playoffs, so let's go. Let's let's brag about it a little bit, but I'm so glad you're here in the house of the Lord tonight, and I just want to remind you or encourage you that if you have not um, decided to join us on our 21 days of prayer and fasting, that um, you can do that at any time. We would love for you to be a part of that, and um, there is a handout um, out in the foyer to help you just... Uh, pray in agreement with us. There are verses and um, topics that we are focusing on each day. There's such power in agreement. I know that you know that, but it is biblical, um, especially in a corporate effort like this. There's just no limit to what God can do um, when we humble ourselves and pray. And so we definitely want to take the limits off of God, in 2023 through our obedience to him the humbling of ourselves in this spiritual discipline and so please don't don't be afraid or intimidated if you can't do everything that maybe that form is suggesting do what you can let the lord lead you let it be a very personal commitment and so um i want us to just go to the lord in prayer and i just want to say i'm glad to see sister reed here tonight missed you last week we love her very much Praying for her all the time, Um, and so if you have a need in your life, would you uh, just raise your hand and acknowledge that to the Lord? Maybe let someone around you know that that you have a need that you would like prayer for tonight, because God is able. God is able, and we are learning through this series that for every need that we have, God has a name that addresses that need. Amen. So let's just go to the Lord in prayer, ask Him to cover our time in his precious word in jesus name god we ask you to cover this time in growth university lord i pray that your word would be taught with clarity and with accuracy lord with the prompting of the holy ghost let your word instruct us let it convict us lord let us give uh, let it give us the healing and the hope that we need right now for whatever we're dealing with in our lives. God, we pray over the needs that were represented with every hand that went up, maybe needs that, God, we whispered in our hearts that you know all about. I pray that the saints would be lifted up, Lord, with your great presence to know that you are there that you are not just able you're willing god to meet their needs and so we plead the blood of jesus and we cover these petitions in the name of jesus god that you would be glorified and have your way in every situation in jesus name i pray amen amen you can be seated i do want to remind you of the fact that on january 22nd We're going to have a revival service with Brother David Bryan, which is always a wonderful time to have our friends come and minister to us, and hopefully this time of prayer and fasting is preparing us for that service with him. Why don't you uh, just take a moment and acknowledge somebody around you, just say hello to them if you haven't already, be friendly, it's wonderful to be together, oh yeah, just go crazy. For sure. So thankful that we still come together in the middle of the week. I I certainly need it. I need reminded of God's word in the middle of a crazy week. But we started a new series, our first series, and I do believe there's significance to it, of 2023, studying the power of God's names. Uh, We are using this book by Dr. Tony Evans, which is a wonderful resource uh, to you if you're interested, but I don't know if you were here last week or if you noticed, this study's just got me all stirred up, you guys. I'm just stirred up. I may holler a little bit. I don't know, and I told you last week that I'm usually a planner. I usually have the weeks planned. I know kind of what I'm doing each week, and last week, the more I studied, the more I realized I do not know. I do not know how long this is going to take, but I really felt the Lord challenged me. Don't you rush through this. You stay on my calendar and you'll catch up with me. And so that's what I'm trying to do. And so I only have one name for you tonight. I had three I wanted to get through. I'm such an achiever. You know, I have my to-do list and I, I want everything to be just so, but yesterday though after the lord dealt with me i just thought i'm only going to get through one name well praise god as long as i'm in the will it's going to be all right but again i felt like pastor tom's profound message on sunday was just confirmation that god is talking to us in very specific very important ways i would say here at the beginning of this new year and so i Last week, we really opened up with this idea that names are important. And we considered the importance of names of products, of this whole idea of marketing and branding, how powerful it is in the world that we live in. That the brand a name represents is crucial to that particular business, that particular movement's success, Retailers know that as much as they need to create the need for their product in your mind, they also have to create a brand for themselves that makes them more desirable than all the other options you have in the great USA and this capitalism that we enjoy. They have to create a brand for their product that sets them apart. From everyone else because not all names are equal I was thinking about this and how it has affected our family through the years when my girls were little school shopping specifically shoe shopping for the new school year was very exciting because this whole idea of marketing is very effective especially with children Because my little darlings believed that if their shoes lit up, they would be more beautiful, they would be smarter, they would be happier, they would have more fun, and they would run faster on the playground. Mom, if my shoes will just light up when I jump up and down. I miss those days. Because now our desires are a little more expensive. (laughs) Our brands our taste has gone up in value numerically that precious swoosh is so very important to some ellis girls because nike has done a great job for decades of selling us this idea that they are the brand of champions they have very intentionally created that swoosh and its inspiration is the Greek goddess of victory, Nike. That swoosh is a nod to her wings. And so that's what they have sold to us and do it very well to say, if you want to win, then you have Nikes. And so the implication is clear and it is well communicated. But you see, God has always understood the power of his own name God has always been very intentional in the way that he reveals himself to his people not just in the bible text but in our own lives and where we're going in this series is going to make you even more excited to be an apostolic because the name of Jesus is powerful because God has always let us know my name is what has power And all authority in our lives. And so through the way God reveals his names in scripture, he tells us everything that we need to know. Everything that we would wonder about what he wants to do in our lives. His names answer those questions. God wants to be known by us. The enemy would love to convince you that the will of God is this mysterious, scary thing that God is some uh, unknown being in the sky, that you are not worthy, that you are ill-equipped to understand his thoughts, that you could never know him for yourself. And my friends, the opposite is true. God establishes this in the Garden of Eden that he wants to be known by us. Isaiah wrote in chapter 52, verse 6, Therefore, my people... Shall know my name. If we really believe that God is who he says he is, it will transform our minds. It will transform the perspective that we have in any situation in our lives. And so last week we looked at the first name that God gives us in Genesis 1 through Moses. Genesis 1 1 in the beginning, God or Elohim. Created the heavens and the earth. And we establish the fact that anything God does first is very important. It's fundamental. It's very intentional on God's part that He establishes with us from the beginning I am the creator. I am first. I am not limited by time and space. I created those things. Those things in our lives that we cannot control. Those things in our lives that we don't have enough of. God is first. He is the source of those things. And I felt like what was even more powerful than that is in verse 2, in Genesis 1-2, we realize God's not just a creator. He's a restorer. That even though the earth was without form, it was a dump, it was a wasteland is what that verse is telling us. God shows up and says, even though this place is a mess and I didn't put it that way, I'm going to remake it again. Isn't that powerful to understand that God doesn't just make you new when you're baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost for the first time? But that is a process that we can enjoy and be a part of and submit to for the rest of our lives. God will continue to remake us and restore us to himself. And then we looked at the second name, which is Jehovah. And it is significant because it is used by God the most. I am Jehovah. Who I am. And I talked to you about the tetragrammaton. Which is not just some nerdy theology word. I promise you this is really important at the end of the series. But that God's name for Jehovah is spelled Y-H-W-H. It is the name of God. It is four letters. And that's where we get our English word Jehovah. It was what God answered Moses' question with, who do I say is sending me? Who am I saying has given me all this authority? God said, you tell them Jehovah has sent you. And Dr. Evans makes this great point in the book. If Elohim is God's creative and powerful name, then Jehovah is God's personal name. It's the name he wants to be known by. I'm sure you all have a name that you prefer. Is there a name you've tried to leave behind in your childhood or in high school? Maybe there's a name that you enjoy. It makes me smile when people call me Chris because that's what my dad called me. We all have names like that. And so that's what this is for God. He essentially tells Moses at the burning bush, you know me as Elohim, but I'm a personable God. And so you can call me Jehovah. That's what I want to be known by you as. And so we ended last week with this challenge to realize that in order for us to know God as Jehovah, it is up to us anybody can believe him to be elohim and there are a lot of people who do there are good people who acknowledge there is a god in heaven there is someone bigger than you and i that is in charge there is someone that created this amazing world that we live in but not everybody steps into a greater understanding like moses did on that holy ground that day to say you are jehovah You are a God that can be known. You are a God who wants a relationship with me that I can continue to learn who you are and what you're all about. Dr. Evans says this, to know God's names is to experience his nature. And that level of intimacy is reserved for those who humbly depend on him. You can't know his name until you forget your own isn't that powerful and so tonight we look at this third foundational name of god the name adonai the name adonai is mentioned more than 400 times in the bible it comes from the word adon which means master or ruler Of all the names that we will look at in this series, this one is probably the most un American. So our toes are going to get stepped on tonight. I'm just going to warn you. I want to be clear here and make sure you know that I know and I believe that God isn't an American. (laughs) It seems obvious. But in the last two years, I've had some shocking conversations with people that assume that he is always partial to the red, white, and blue. The truth is, and the pandemic revealed this, that there are times when our American point of view does not serve us well in our relationship with God. You see, his ways... Come before my rights. His word is more important than any document our government has ever created. My allegiance is always to be to Jesus Christ first. In God's mind, people are always more important. People are more important than rules. That's why the Pharisees hated Jesus in his ministry because he broke the rules all the time because he loved people more than the rules. God's word is more important than policies or politics. And I will admit to you, I'm clear on it because I have been mistaken. And God has corrected me. He's challenged me. I love my country. Most of you know Where I come from, you can imagine how I was raised. As a teenager, I would snicker and hang my head in embarrassment when we would stand in historic places, battlefields, and my dad would weep. And I'm like, oh my God, this is not happening right now. (laughs) He is the only man, he is the only person crying here. The Star Spangled Banner just, I remember we are at Fort McHenry, my dad is just so. Where the you know the poem was penned he was just overwhelmed with national pride and I I get it because now I'm doing those things <laughs> I'm horrifying my children like mom and will say mom you're too much because I'm so excited about American history I I love it all so much and so God has had to remind me Kristen your allegiance is to me And that's important to understand in the context of what we're looking at tonight. That Adonai steps on our American toes and ideals because it speaks to ownership. It implicates dominion and rulership. The book of Psalms points to this revelation of God repeatedly. I'm going to read to you from Psalm 97. I love these verses the Lord Jehovah, is that word, reigns. Let the earth rejoice. Let the multitude of isles be glad. Clouds and darkness surround him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. A fire goes before him and burns up his enemies round about. His lightnings light the world. The earth sees and trembles. The mountains melt like wax before, at the presence of the Lord Jehovah. At the presence of the Lord Adonai... Of the whole earth. The heavens declare his righteousness. And all the peoples see his glory. Psalm 50. For every beast of the field is mine. God's saying I'm Adonai. I am the owner. And the cattle on a thousand hills. Aren't you grateful? And I know all the birds of the mountains. And the wild beasts of the field are mine. If I were hungry. I wouldn't tell you. For the world is mine. And all its Fullness. That's a cross-reference with Psalm 24, verse 1. The earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof, the world and they who dwell therein. God didn't just create it. He owns it. He owns everything on the planet, including the people that inhabit it. Amen. And so while I celebrate Independence Day, according to Scripture, I was not created to live independently of the God who made me. Because really, I need to be in a relationship with God where I acknowledge Him as the owner. I belong to Him. God is God, and I am not. That is a profound, life-altering statement. The revelation of the name Adonai challenges us to live a life of total surrender we start with that first name of elohim god you are creator and then we move into a more personal relationship where we understand he is jehovah he is a god who can be known but in knowing him and drawing closer to him adonai is the final revelation for us in our revel- in our uh, relationship with god that he Is the owner jesus said in matthew 16 if anyone desires to come after me Let him deny himself Let him give up ownership of his own life and take up his cross and follow me for whoever Desires to save his life will lose it But whoever loses his life for my sake will Find it those are such challenging words dr evans says this in the new testament the apostles often called themselves bond servants of jesus christ and again this terminology is a stretch for us you see those words that idea of slavery was much easier to swallow in the ancient world that was a very fundamental very ordinary part of their culture but that idea of slavery is something that we shun and we should in a human context no one should be enslaved but you see the apostles illustrate that journey that we all experience they began in their relationship with jesus acknowledging him as elohim You are the Christ, Peter declared. You are the son of the living God. You are the creator. And then as they got closer to Jesus, they got to know him better. They understood his ways. They understood his mission. And yet we find them as they're writing their letters to the church, they're saying, I am the servant of Jesus Christ because now he has become Adonai to them. He has become their master think of the mighty apostle paul repeatedly he says i am the servant i am the slave of jesus christ that is his introduction in many of his letters think of all the things that paul could have said for them to recognize who he was i'm really smart you guys i've learned from the most important wise people of the planet listen to what i have to say paul could have said i am a missionary i'm a good one too paul could have even said i'm your pastor i started the church you're attending and hearing this letter from but paul repeatedly says i am the servant of jesus christ And that is all you need to know about me because that is so important and fundamental to how I interact with this God that I serve. That I acknowledge him as the owner of my very life. And that's why Paul wrote with such clarity and conviction in Galatians chapter 2 verse 20, I am crucified with Christ Yet not I, but Christ lives in me because I have made him Adonai. I have released him to ownership of my life. And this is what I feel so challenged by to share with you tonight is that we have a very one-sided view of ownership. The way God sees it, though, with authority comes great responsibility. God's authority is never granted to puff people up, to put other people down. When God grants authority, he assigns duties as well. God's ways always challenge our carnal minds. Jesus said the last will be first. He said if you save your life, you'll lose it. He said if any man desire to be first, the same will be last of all. And servant of all. Everything is the opposite of the way our human minds work. So I just want to say quickly. That if you feel the call of God on your life. Please do not wait for a pulpit. Or some public way to serve the people of God. Because you will not get a mic. Until you carry a bag of trash out. I can promise you that. Because that's the way the kingdom of God works God doesn't grant authority to those who want to only rule over other people When God moves you into positions of authority, he gives you duties More to do He gives you responsibilities Not for yourself, for other people God sees ownership so differently than we do And this is true, not just in a church context, but in a family context. Let me just talk to you as your pastor tonight, Ephesians 5. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting to one another in the fear of God. Here it comes. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Oh boy. It's going to get interesting for the husband is the head of the wife. As also Christ is head of the church and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives to be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives. Just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Dropping down to verse 28. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves Himself. for no one ever hated his own flesh but nourishes and cherishes it just as the lord does the church we hear the wives submit yourselves to your husbands a lot more than we hear the rest of this passage if we're honest and i think it's important and i'm not making a deal about this because i'm a female I understand the full context of the power of what Paul is sharing with you and I. And it's very important that we understand that the emphasis here is not that wives submit to their husbands, although that is clear. What Paul spends most of his pen writing is the importance of a husband's love and devotion to his wife. Because with that authority, that is so easy to celebrate especially if you're a male comes great responsibility in the eyes of god what a standard i've told tom i'm glad you are the man you answer to god in a way that i do not and that's why first peter talks about sarah calling abraham lord it wasn't because she was Ooh, scared of father abraham he wasn't ruling over her sarah understood in the context of the situation abraham's responsibility for her was also something he would answer to god for and so it was easy for her to submit to him because she trusted his relationship with god there is such a high standard men that paul is holding you to and challenging you with And I'm trying to help you that if you don't feel respected in your home, don't start with your spouse. Start with yourself. Because if you will love her and nourish her and cherish her, these are the words Paul uses. If you do those things as Christ has done it for you, it will be very easy for your wife to trust you enough. To submit to you, even if she doesn't agree. I think one of the most profound things that I ever heard about God's view of marriage and the way he has set it up so beautifully came from Bishop Grandmother. I don't remember a lot of her sermons, but I do remember as a child seeing her in the pulpit on a Sunday morning. And this statement has never left me. Grandma said, Eve, was taken from Adam's side because that is where God intends for a woman to be. Not behind a man. Not in front of a man. Not even under his feet. But Eve came from Adam's side because that was God's assignment to her as his helpmate, his equal Counterpart. There's something so beautiful and profound about that. And it's easy to see why the institution of marriage has been under brutal attack for so long. Because if you and I can correctly model in our families what Paul is describing here, it sets a profound example, not just to the world around us, but to our precious families who are watching us live out our faith in our homes each day amen god created marriage to be a powerful partnership and so if god is adonai to you he views it as much more than just owning you you submit to me because i am adonai but god has always established the fact that when he is the owner he's responsible He establishes that with Malachi in chapter 3 when he talks about bringing the tithes and offering into the house. God says, prove me now herewith. Put me to the test that if you make me master and owner of your finances, then I become responsible for your finances. I will pour out a blessing that you do not have room enough receive it but if i do not make him adonai of my finances then he cannot rebuke the devourer he cannot pour out a blessing because he is not the owner and so he is not responsible for it it's interesting to me that abraham the friend of god pays tithe first It's important to understand that he knew him as Jehovah, but Abraham also acknowledged him as Adonai. You see, God made a promise to Abraham that was not only impossible in human terms, but it took God years to fulfill that promise that was Isaac. And Abraham sets a clear example to you and I in his conversations with God about this very thing. In fact, in Genesis 15, 1, the Lord is talking to Abraham, and he says, After these things, the word of the Lord, Yahweh, came to Abraham in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. But Abraham said to God, Lord, Adonai, God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless? God was speaking to Abraham as Jehovah. God was talking to him in that relational aspect of who he is. But when Abraham brings this petition to God of what is going on in my life, he calls God Adonai. That sets a very clear, very important example to you and I when we are in situations like Abraham, where situations are bleak, And hopeless we feel helpless we know what the word of god says we know what is possible We know what he has promised and abraham sets the example to say even when I don't understand You are still Adonai to me You are still the owner You are still able I am releasing you to be in control god you are responsible To fulfill that promise because I'm keeping you on the throne where you belong. He isn't just in control, my friends, but God is looking out for you. He's not just in a position of authority for authority's sake. He is responsible for you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding in all your ways Acknowledge him And he will Direct your path Bishop dad used to Explain those verses this way If I do my part Then God will Do his part If I make him lord Of whatever Then he can take care of it Because I have released Ownership into his Hands He can't deliver on his promise in my life or in your life if i don't make him lord if i don't respond to him and approach him that god you are the sole owner god you are the one in control i'm going to give you a quote as we go to our app time the fulfillment of god's promises in our lives dr evans says is often tied to our own surrender to him As Adonai, God must have the right to own you if he is going to take the responsibility to do something with you. So challenging, so powerful, so empowering. And that is why the enemy wants us to look at authority as a negative thing. In every context. His war against God's order and God's authority goes to the beginning of time. Why? Because he understands better than we do. That if my life is submitted to everything that God wants, I am fully protected by the covenant God that I serve. Abraham understood that. That's why he paid his tithes. God, you are the owner. I am a steward. And I will honor you with my tithe. I will honor you in whatever way you ask because I am keeping you as the owner. Because I depend on you. You are not trying to control my life. You're trying to cover my life. Amen. 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 And so app time could be interesting. I'm not sure. But your question to consider with someone around you is what does the meaning of Adonai mean to you right now? What does the meaning of Adonai mean to you right now? Give you a few minutes here to discuss. right i'll invite you to stand brother danny i thought it was interesting when i was studying it was old songs that were coming to my mind like jesus be the lord of all the kingdoms of my heart i surrender all i remember on kemper road Brother Walker preached a message and he started singing, I surrender some. (laughs) I surrender some. And it was very jarring. Oh God, why would you say that? We live that way. (laughs) But it got me thinking, man, I, I know there are songs, but maybe not as many, about surrender that the modern church has written. Because I think this Concept is more difficult for us to grasp where we are as a society. We're so blessed. For most purposes, we're pretty self sufficient. We're pretty self reliant. You probably don't have the same worries or burdens that other generations had when they wrote those songs. But the burden of my heart tonight is that if there's an area of your life, or maybe just in general, you, you feel frustrated in your relationship with God. You feel like you're just hitting the wall. Something is Change isn't happening. Things aren't happening the way you expect them. God's talked to you. He's shown you some things, but it's, it's just not working. Something's not clicking. I would beg you to prayerfully ask God, is there an area of your life? That he is not Adonai. Because he will wait for you as Jehovah. To let you allow him to be Adonai. Because he will not make you. Even in that tough conversation that he and Abraham had. Where Abraham said, God what am I supposed to do? You promised me children in my old age. And it's just the two of us. And in that conversation, Abraham changes his approach to God and says, but you're still the ruler. You're still the owner. That doesn't change just because I don't understand. And so please don't be duped. Don't be deceived by our culture and the enemy's subtle suggestion that God just wants to control you. That God is just a bunch of rules. This church is just a bunch of rules. Because what the Word of God tells us is, if we do our part, it releases God to do His part. And so if there's a situation where you feel like God is not coming through, it could be that He's not responsible because you haven't made Him the owner. Mm -hmm. And so I want us to pray... Together, I don't know what that means to you. I just know how the Lord talked to me yesterday and today. I want God to be the owner. I don't want to limit him to just you're the creator. Just you're my friend. I'm in a relationship with you. But I want to be the servant of Jesus Christ. I want him to call the shots. I want his protection and blessing on my life. I don't want to live in this sick, evil world. Without the favor and hand of God responsible for my life. Amen. Let's pray. God, I love you tonight and I thank you for the convicting power of your word that has a way of going to the root of what is going on in our lives. God, I believe there are people here that you are challenging in very specific, very important ways, not because You want to control them, but because you want to take ownership and be responsible for them. That God, when we obey you in these ways, there are duties, there are responsibilities that come with your authority and lordship in our lives. And so God, I pray if there's anything in my life that is not completely surrendered to your lordship, To your rulership. Oh God. I don't want anything. To keep me from your blessing. To keep me from your protection and provision. In Jesus name. In our homes. In our marriages. In this church God. May we reflect your lordship as Adonai. May we obey you completely. In every area of our lives. So that you are released to do what only you can do for us. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Bless us and go with us now. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for being in God's house. Hopefully we'll do two names next week, but who knows.
0: This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio.